What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. I hope that you're ready for the weekend. It's it's a weird situation here in Charlotte, North Carolina, as I record this podcast on a Thursday afternoon. I look out my window, and there is snow falling, and the town is in a state of emergency. Schools are closed. You can't find a loaf of bread in town. There's no milk. And uh, this is just what happens in the South. If it snows, everyone stays home. And I know that that is a very uh, different contrast to what happens in Western New York. But uh, I feel connected to you today more than ever because there are big, fluffy, white snowdrops falling outside my window. And I look upon them as I record this podcast. So hopefully I'll sound a little more Buffalo than usual today for you here on this podcast where we are going to continue the performance review series. I guess continue and finish the performance review series. I'm going to finish up with the safety position, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. We've we've gone through every player, and we've talked about them, what they were in 2019, what they're going to be in 2020, and I think it sets a really good tone and starting point for our conversations that will be heavily focused on the offseason the rest of the way, what the Bills uh, can do in free agency, what the Bills can do in the draft, and I think it's important for us to have that good starting point, that foundation, an understanding of uh, my perception of these players, my perception of the team. That way we can really have good discussions moving forward about free agent targets and draft targets and how the roster should be improved um, this offseason. So looking forward to getting into that with you. Uh, it's going to start off next week, uh, Monday and Tuesday. I have Bruce Nolan from the Nick Nolan show on with me, and we're going to talk about in-house replacements, guys that already exist on the roster to fill some of the holes that are there right now as we enter the off season. So uh, that'll give us a good opportunity to uh, examine what's already in place. And if there's some meaningful options in-house, and then uh, I'll be at the scouting combine all next week in Indianapolis. And so we'll get into some draft stuff. We'll reflect upon what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean say to the media. And uh, we'll be in high gear talking about mock drafts and free agent targets and the bills will make moves. We'll respond to it. And uh, we'll, we'll get ready for the 2020 Buffalo bills season. So thanks for coming along for the ride with me. Let's start with Micah Hyde, the bills 2017 free agent signing. One of the first players brought in, to the building under Sean McDermott. He's 29 years old. He turns 30 in December, and uh, he's entering year four of a five-year, $30.5 million contract. So he's under contract this year and next. In 2019, he started all 16 games, played 93% of the snaps on defense, 72 tackles, one for loss, two pass breakups, two forced fumbles, an interception. He was challenged... 32 times in coverage, he gave up 21 completions. That's a completion percentage of 65.6, did not allow a touchdown, a 78.4 passer rating against his coverage, and he missed 13.3% of his tackle attempts. Uh, In 2019, I would label him as a quality starter. Uh, He continues to be a very important piece of the defense. Uh, I think we know exactly who he is in the NFL, and that's a versatile safety that can play in split zones. He can serve as a one-high safety. He plays some from the slot and can situationally serve in man coverage. Uh, He helps the team as a punt returner at times where if you know you need to get 
uh, a punt fielded correctly, you can put him back there and he will do that for you. Uh, he's the key guy on the hands team when you need to receive an onside kick. So he does a great job playing safety, but he has some of those other roles that he fills and just an all-around valuable player uh, as part of this football team. And the Bills' defense, I think there's a lot of good players on it, Trey White, Tremaine Edmonds, Jerry Hughes. But really it's these two safeties. It's Micah Hyde and the guy we'll talk to here in a minute, uh, and Jordan Poyer that really I think in a lot of ways are the glue of the unit. What they can do in terms of disguising things pre-snap and not allowing quarterbacks to get a read on what the Bills plan on doing defensively on that snap uh, really makes it difficult. They're they're excellent disguise safeties, and uh, what they also do is a, a really good job of understanding route concepts and uh, leveraging certain route combinations and bracketing route combinations, and it's really important. Those guys are the quarterback of the secondary, and um, the Bills' pass defense has been outstanding since Sean McDermott came to Buffalo, and it's probably never been better than it was last year. And a big reason why is Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, three years together, all in the same system. They've grown. They're good players. And uh, a big reason why the Bills have had a top three defense each of the last two years is because of these two safeties and specifically uh, Micah Hyde. When it comes to 2020, I don't think there's any surprise. He's going to be the same player he's been for the Bills, and that's a good thing. You want Micah Hyde to continue to be who he's been. One other note on Micah Hyde that I kind of unpacked while researching for today's podcast is that this dude is always available. And, you know, Bill Belichick famously says your best ability is your availability, and Micah Hyde has been uh, played in all 16 games almost every single year of his career. And uh, really only twice did he not play all 16, and he played 15 uh, those years. So Mike Hyde, healthy, durable, productive, where he's supposed to be, gets his work done, and he's one of the cornerstones of the Bills' outstanding defense. Let's talk now about Jordan Poyer, his running mate there on the back end. Uh, another 2017 free agent signing. And uh, he's 28 years old. He turns 20 in April. Or excuse me, he turns 29 in April. He's entering year four of a four-year, $13 million deal. So he's entering a contract year, and I think we can all uh, admit that he's underpaid. And so we're all pretty anxious to see what happens here. Does he get an extension now? Does it happen after the season? Will Jordan Poyer show up without a contract? It doesn't seem like his brand, but... You know, football players want to get paid, and Jordan Poyer, for his market value, is severely underpaid. I think he's probably a nine to eleven million dollar a year safety, and he's not pulled that in. And so, based on where he was at in his career, not much of a resume to show coming off of a significant injury uh, for Cleveland. The deal that he signed makes a lot of sense, but here's the deal: he's outplayed that deal, and so. On one hand, I can definitely understand kind of uh, him kind of still proving himself in the league, but at this point now, three years of really outstanding play in this defense, we know who he is, and he's a player that deserves to get more than he's getting paid this coming season. So I, I'm hopeful that a, an extension can get done before the season and he can you know, make some of that money he deserves this year. If he were to be released, which is crazy to think about, the, the Bills would save $3.2 million against the cap. In 2019, he started all 16 games, uh, played 94% of the snaps on defense, 
also thought it was noteworthy that he played 32% of the snaps on special teams. So this is a guy that helps the Bills, not just on defense. He goes and covers, kicks and punts as well. Had 107 tackles, four for loss, three pass breakups, three forced fumbles, two interceptions, uh, was challenged 36 times in coverage, gave up 25 completions for a completion percentage against of 69.4. He gave up five touchdowns, a passer rating of 117.8, and he gave up uh, or he had a missed tackle percentage of 7.8%. Finally, a significant player on the defense that can actually tackle with some consistency and had over 100 of them on the year. So Jordan Poyer, I've always thought of him as a good tackler, and the numbers back that up. And so we need to get all of these Bills defensive players under 10%. And, man, just think about how much better the Bills defense would be if everyone was in that 7 8% range instead of 10 13 20%. So, yeah, Jordan Poyer, uh, uh, kudos to you for actually being able to tackle. In 2019, I would label him as a quality starter. Um, a lot like Micah Hyde in that we know who he is, we know why he's important. The two together is just a wonderful duo. You know, definitely a top three tandem in the league in terms of safeties, and uh, you know they're interchangeable. That's what makes them good together individually. They do a lot of great things, but the fact that they can both do those things gives you a lot of scheme multiplicity, a lot of diversity in what you can do on the back end because you have those guys that are interchangeable, and that means a lot. He can play man coverage. He can play deep zones. He can play one eye. You know, you can do whatever you're looking for. You can play in the box. Probably a better box player than Micah Hyde. So and Micah Hyde's probably a better deep safety than Jordan Poyer, but the reality is they're both interchangeable, and that means a lot to the defense. So um, safety not always perceived as a premium position, but the Bills have two really good safeties. Together, they're an elite pairing, and I think they're a big reason why this Bills defense has been so good, uh, really, since they they both got together here under Sean McDermott. So in 2020, again, I think it's just like Micah Hyde. We know who he is in the league. There's no questions. Continue to be that player, and um, I, I think the Bills will be really happy, and I, I'm quite hopeful that he gets a contract extension before the season. Let's shift gears now to Kurt Coleman. Uh, he was a 2019 free agent signing of the team, 31 years old, turns 32 in July. His contract is expired, so he's a free agent. Uh, we don't know if he'll be back or not. You guys know I dogged him quite a bit, especially when we were talking during the season about how to get Duke Williams active on game day. And the guy that I pointed my fingers at was Kurt Coleman. Didn't think it was necessary for him to be around. I thought that the Bills had, you know, they have five safeties on the roster all year, plus Saran Neal, who can go back and play safety. I just felt like it was an, an unnecessary player where if he was inactive, then you can have Duke Williams active. But, uh, you know, one thing that was pretty interesting from my conversation a couple weeks ago with Ryan O'May, uh, Bills season ticket holder who attended every single game, rode. Uh, and home was was his comments about Kirk Coleman and how much of an impact he made on the sidelines in terms of a leadership component. And so, you know, maybe his impact on the team really transcends what he does on the field. Well, I still think you can do that as an inactive player, but that's besides the point. It made me at least have some more appreciation for him and what he meant to the 2019 Bills. Um, he played in 14 games. Uh, did not start any, uh, played 7% of the snaps on defense, 50% of the, 
of the special team snaps. I don't want to get into his production because he didn't play enough uh, to really have meaningful numbers or a big enough sample size for it to really matter. But at the end of the day, I'll say this. In 2019, he was a replacement-level player. Uh, and at 2020, I don't think he'll be back. Uh, I think the Bills, every other safety we're going to talk about, I hope, is back. And that's your core four. And then if you want to get a fifth safety, that's fine. You can draft one. Perhaps there's a free agent that you like or something like that that can provide some depth. But I think four safeties is okay. I don't think you have to have five. And if the Bills' safeties next year were Poyer, Hyde, Dean Marlowe, and Jaquan Johnson, that would be just fine with me. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance to get extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package should no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, a couple more players to get to here today. Let's start with Jaquan Johnson next. 2019 sixth-round pick of the Buffalo Bills out of Miami. 24 years old. He turns 25 in November. He was a senior, a pretty established player in college, so he's not a super young player despite going into his second season in the league He enters year two of a four-year, $2.7 million contract. Let me pause right there. I hope that at this point in the conversation where we've talked about, you know, 50 players roughly, that you've appreciated some of these contract figures and and the low amounts that are being paid to players on rookie deals. You know, we didn't talk about a lot of these Micah Hydes that are, you know, have a five-year, $30 million deal or the... Uh, the big deals that guys like Mitch Morse had. Those are few and far between. There's a lot of players on rookie deals on this roster, and I think that's why you've seen the the Bills in such a favorable cap position, Um, and that's really the key to continuing to have a favorable cap position is getting meaningful contributions from your rookie players because they don't cost that much. So uh, just as we kind of rip through these and and we have a big – sample size of discussion under our belt at this point, hitting on draft picks and having players on rookie deals means a lot for your overall ability to bring in talent and uh, control your own destiny a bit with the salary cap and and your talent on your roster. Hitting on draft picks is so, so, so critical. And for them being able to start, you know, have guys that fill meaningful roles in terms of depth, it really, really matters. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, uh, in 2019, he played in 13 games, no starts, only 5% of the snaps on defense, and 43% of the snaps on special teams. Um, we really don't have a whole lot to go off of with Jaquan other than you know he played a bit more in the Jets game at the end of the year. We saw him a lot in preseason. We've seen him a ton at Miami. Whenever he's on the field, he's good. He's a good football player. He's not the biggest. He's not the tallest. Uh, he's not the most athletic, but he's a good football player. 
So with that in mind, I don't know that I envision him as a starter or, or, you know, if Jordan Poyer were to walk or something like that, that he would be in consideration to be a starter. But for sub packages, you know, considering the way that NFL defenses or offenses are challenging you with pace and space and a lot of quick game and you a lot of screen game and you need guys that fly downhill and tackle like there's situations where if you're going dime, put friggin' Jaquan Johnson in the game and rely on those instincts and that trigger and his ability to tackle in addition to what he does on special teams. So I'm not sure he's ever going to play 40, 50, 60% of the snaps on defense, but maybe 25, 30, be a really quality sub package player, be a special teams demon, and you're going to get really good return on that six round investment. So in 2019, I would label him as developing depth. In 2020, I think he can be quality depth for the, the, the type of vision and role that I just kind of outlined there. I think he can be a meaningful player despite not really profiling as a desirable starting option. So Jaquan Johnson, good football player, anxious to see how he evolves. I'm sure he'll play well in the preseason. He was great in the preseason last year. And, you know, he's going to continue to force the issue and, uh, and, and show that every time he gets chances to, to fill a role, he does it and does it well. Last player to mention is Dean Marlowe, who is always interesting to me. Um, he's been with Sean McDermott since 2015. Never had a big role, never played a ton of snaps, but he's always around. A guy that obviously knows the scheme. McDermott likes him, right? He's he's around Carolina, Buffalo. 2015, these guys have been together. And so um, there's something there that McDermott likes. And Marlowe hasn't played bad when he's been given chances. Uh, whether that's preseason or in games sparingly. He played a little bit from the slot this year when the Bills had to kind of come up with some answers there when Taron Johnson wasn't available. And I think he's always played pretty well. And so um, he's a free agent. His contract's expired. But I can see him being around um, just because you know, the Bills do have two free agents in this group in well, Marlowe himself and, of course, Kirk Coleman, you're going to keep four safeties. I kind of think Marlowe's going to be back. I don't know if maybe another team views him favorably and was going to offer him a Jordan Poyer-type deal, right, like a four-year, $13 million deal, see if you can catch lightning in a bottle. But if that's not available for him and he comes back for a couple seasons, you know, two years five, two years six, something like that, you know, I think you can continue to have a safety that you're comfortable with considering his knowledge in the scheme and the small sample sizes of what he can do. I'll also say this about, about Dean Marlowe. One thing that I appreciate from following the Bills players on Instagram is just that he seems like he's one of the dudes. He's one of the guys. And that that's really the case for all of these players. It seems like everyone really gets along well and hangs out outside of you know when they're at work and their wives are all friends. And uh, I think Dean Marlowe is a big part of that. And you know I just feel like when you hear Sean McDermott say things like he wants as much of the team from 2019 back as possible, he's talking about guys like Dean Marlowe. So maybe you've been dismissive of him throughout your, you know, when you think about Dean Marlowe, you think about the Bills, the safety position, you you may be dismissive of him, but I think he's a meaningful player for, you know, a fourth safety or third safety. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back. So in 2019, I'll label him as quality depth. In 2020, I think he can be 
quality depth again. We the Bills have had good fortune with Poyer and Hyde. They haven't been able, they haven't been injured at all. Uh, but you know, if something were to change there, it'd be nice to have Dean Marlowe, who's been in this system since 2015, to step in and um, and play in extended action if if need be. So um, there you go. There's a little bit of a pump up there for Dean Marlowe and my case for him to come back. So just kind of reflecting back on the safety discussion here. Obviously, this is all about Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer entering a contract year where he's already underpaid. Kurt Coleman, you know, 32 years old, entering the season. Didn't make much of an impact. Probably going to be gone. Jaquan Johnson, an interesting late-round pick from 2019 that I think can fill a role in sub-packages on special teams. And then Dean Marlowe, an, an expiring contract and a player that um, has some value given – his his fit with the the culture of the team and his time on task in the system if he had to be called upon to play. So a good position group, a position group of strength, but still some things to kind of settle out uh, with within the group. So uh, safeties, like I said earlier, not necessarily always perceived as this premium position, but I think for the Bills it is, and they've got a good group to work with, and uh, I really like the makeup of this of this group. Even if the group next year, if you told me right now, Week one, the Bills' safety room is Hyde, Poyer, Johnson, and Marlowe. I'm good with that. I'm honestly good with that. I hope you enjoyed the series. It's now over. We're going to focus a lot on off-season stuff. I know you guys have been anxious for me to kind of get into some free agent targets, heavy into the draft targets, and that's about what you're going to get here. So uh, looking forward to really digging into it and coming up with some ideas, responding to your ideas and actually, obviously, you know, analyzing what Brandon Bean does. So don't miss any of that. Make sure you're subscribed, share, rate, and review the podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, and I'll be in Indianapolis to cover the Combine and, of course, give you all the Bills nuggets that I can find. So looking forward to that, and I hope you guys have a great weekend.